It's the Score North Twin Show. Boy, how can you? How can you not be energized and fired up after the note that the Twins sent out to the fans yesterday? Did you guys read through this? Yeah, I oh, saw yeah. it. Star Tribune. They bought a full page. Yeah. Oh, that was in the Star Tribune, huh? It was in the sports page. Yeah. The thank you for believing. Yeah. Yeah, email blast, yep. social, open open note to, to the fan base. Very, uh, they, it was interesting. It said there were some critics. Also, I pointed out to the presence <laughs> of critics. I don't know who those people would have hmm. been. Yeah. Well, I actually have the note here. I, I think. Yeah. I okay. mean, they weren't they weren't exactly you know hiding who they were talking about here. Dear fans, this season was different. It started with a promise, a lot of chatter, trades were made, trades were questioned. Judd, all caps. Judd. You didn't believe Judd, Phil, Declan. Get off my bandwagon. Stars emerged. Vests Watch were worn. They smashed the samples. They smashed the samples. <laughs> Vests were worn backwards. We clinched. Now the other cleat drops. The drought. Nineteen years. When faced with the weight of history, did you abandon hope? No, you believed Judd. in every high no. flying near a foul pole. No, I bailed. In every, well, we didn't. We believed at the end. No, I bailed. Judd still doesn't fully believe. I bailed but. hard, guys. I got to be honest. I bailed. In every triple-digit heater, in a band of promising rookies who graduated to the show, in all the ups and downs, and pun incoming curveballs this season, through your way, you watched, listened, and even traveled cross country to catch your twins. Mm. That's what made this season different. Imagine what next season could be. Imagine spring training has already started. Mm. Actually, don't imagine. Believe. See you soon. Your Minnesota Twins. Uh, Mainline it. Let's watch the samples. Let's watch the samples. You know what I hear there? (laughs) I hear that you were the first group of Twins fans to believe. That 19-game losing streak turns out upon further review. You previous fans didn't do your job. Yeah, it was. I'm, I blame those fans in 06. It's all your fault. The 19 fans, you sucked. <laughs> These fans are great. No. So let's let's do this here. Um, we should we should tell you guys that the Scorner Twin Show is not going anywhere. We brought it back three months ago. We're glad that we did. You have responded in a big time way. At one point, it was the eighth ranked baseball podcast on Apple's national baseball charts like a week ago. So thank you for your response to us bringing back this podcast. We're going to hit you multiple times a week. We're still kind of working on a schedule, and it might be we're going to have Tuesday episodes for sure every week as kind of a pillar, but then we're also going to mix in a second, a third episode. Like this week, there's probably going to be, there's at least two episodes of the Scorner Twin Show, maybe even three, uh, maybe even more, because we mm. want to get a jump start into the off-season discussions, the look-ahead. How can this thing get better? What can they do? Free agency, trades, all that fun speculation. And the winter meetings are like two months away. So there's just a ton of fun fodder to be bandied about here in the next couple months. So I figured let's let's do this episode today as kind of a landscape of the roster episode. So I, I've broken it up into two categories for you guys. In-house free agents. Let's go through and decide, okay, who makes sense to stay? They got a couple interesting team options. We'll start with sort of the, like a third of the Twins playoff roster almost is either going to be a free agent or has a team option decision. So we should go through those. Mm -hmm. 
And then let's do an early stab here at what our current 2024 26-man roster could look like using just like the guys that we know are in-house right now. That doesn't count trades or free agent signings. Sure. Are you ready for this exercise? So. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Thanks, PJ. Okay. So let's go through these names here. These are in-house free agents that uh, you got to make a decision on. We'll start with the team options. Max Kepler, $10 million team option. I am picking up the option and then looking to trade him. Okay. I, I can do without Max. And I do think his second half now justifies a value that certainly would not have existed before July 1st or so. It's quite the, not a predicament, but like, is he worth just $10 million? Well, if you look at his second half stats, yeah, that was, that'd be an absurd bargain for $10 million. Mm-hmm. But if you pick it up, are, are you still going to be able to trade him? Will you, will you still trade him and get what you really, really want? Um, I'm just, I'm a little confused on his market in general because he had an incredible second half. That's for sure. But also, should you just, should you just move on? Should you just, should you just say, nope, thanks, but no thanks. We're good. We're going to spend this money elsewhere. I understand wanting to get something for him. And for sure, I'd rather get a trade for someone than just say, Hey, bye-bye. And they go and resign with, or sign a new contract with someone else. But I personally would not pick this up. Mm -hmm. I just, I would, I would say goodbye. I'm good later. I don't need it. I'm out. Wow. Is this going to be like the Griffin Jacks take where people splice this up, send it out on social media, and then clown you incessantly for like. You know, it is funny weeks? because uh, as much as, you know, uh, the Griffin Jacks take that was morphed from the Scorn or Twitter feed that then was used by the mob, you know, some, I, I think there's, I think there is this collection of people that just watch us regardless, no matter how they feel about us. So it might just get blown up there regard they might just take this clip whether i put it out on well, sore so now Fish you're getting haughty and defiant they here. love to hate no, no i'm not getting defiant i'm just saying that we, we see the same notes that i can't believe these guys said this and they took a clip and it's like oh so they're they're still listening to it so yeah if they want to take it and make it a griffin jacks thing 2.0 by, by, by all means go well, ahead and do it but wouldn't you actually if, if you picked up the option and then tried to trade him wouldn't you wouldn't that be a smart move but because of your point Correct, yeah at 10 Dude, mil he's a good He's a good price as opposed to because if you sign, if a team signs him as a free agent, they're going to pay more than that. So I think that you could actually leverage this into a, you know, I'm not saying a killing of a trade, but a decent trade. Good. He is he, he is a good defensive outfield. I don't know that he's the same as he was like five years ago in the field, but he's a, he's a he's an above average corner defensive outfielder with range. And he was a two and a half wins above replacement player, which puts his value much, much higher than $10 million a year. First half of the season, train wreck. Second half of the season, he was one of your best overall players. I don't think you can justify not picking up the $10 million option because there's, to me, there's two options. You pick it up, period. Trading him, if, if you felt like, hey, we need a left-handed starting pitcher or whatever it may be. And we already, we feel like we have enough corner outfield options. Like let's say they decide, right. Cause there's another layer of like how much money can they afford to spend on their payroll with Bally sports North $55 million in revenue coming off the books, right? They might decide let's pick up the 10 million trade it. Maybe somebody will pick it up because he's worth more than $10 million. And then you get a more cost controlled piece back. And then you put, Matt Walner on a league minimum salary and Trevor Larnick on a league minimum salary, you know, out in your corner outfield spots. That would be a discussion. 
I don't think you can just not pick up the 10 million as frustrating as Max Kepler has been throughout the last three years. And as bad as he was in the first half and as bad as he's been in the postseason too, in his career. Um, I just, I don't think you can justify not picking up the option. So pick it up and kind of see where yeah. things progress from there. I'm not excited about him being back. I, I'm excited about the opportunity to turn him into something. Okay. Jorge Polanco, $10 million option. You know, I pick this up, but the more I think about it, I pick it up and I think I, I think I might keep him. Mm. Guy, guys get hurt. He is, he's probably not the player because of injuries in the past two years that he was previously, but he is a solid player. He can play third. He can play second. Mm. He can't. Well, I, I don't love it, but I'm, but I'm saying we're, we're yeah, we're kept. Wait, how do you get I off saying he say, can play third of all people, that. dude? You've hijacked shows for 10 minutes. I would, well, I'm this. not saying that I would play him there a lot, but I am saying this, okay? Okay, when you're <laughs> thinking about players, when you're thinking about players, one thing I like to see is what are you willing to do for my team? And Polanco, yes, ideally does not play third base. But you know what? You know what's going to stick with me to my grave? That Max freaking Kepler told me, I don't play center no more, Skip. I am a right fielder now. (laughs) Like, you've got to be, I'm just saying, I think Polanco is more of a guy that I would be tempted to keep because guys are going to get get hurt. You also have to allow for a little bit of an outside opportunity that Julian could regress. I don't think he will, but I've said that before. I've been totally wrong about guys. So what I'm saying is if it's between Kepler and and uh, Polanco, I pick up both options. I'm more tempted to keep Polanco the more I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, real quick here, I just pulled I just pulled this up for for reference because. There's some value behind keeping him and shopping him, too, if you look sure. at the second base free agent market. So MLB trade rumors has an article up from a few weeks ago that previews the uh, the free agent second base class for this offseason. And they have a section called Potential Everyday Options. Okay, Ahmed Rosario is is the top one here. He's 28 years old, uh, right-handed bat. Not a very good overall player. Like, if you get the full version of Polanco compared to, like, the full version of Ahmed Rosario... Um, I don't know that it's particularly close. Like Polanco has more power. Polanco is just a better overall hitter. That's the number one option on their list. The number two option is 35-year-old Whit Merrifield. Whit. And then 32-year-old Adam Frazier and 35-year-old Elvis Andrus. I mean, it's just like yeah, interesting. Donovan Solano is the fifth option on this list. For available free. Yes, available He's free like agent second age. So Jorge Polanco, I get that he's he's averaging like, you know, what, 90 games the last two seasons. But yep. in those 90 games, he's been a really good, productive player. He's like a three wins above replacement player for a full season, prorated for however many games you get him for. He's worth $10 million for somebody. So you have to kind of decide, right, Royce Lewis is playing third. Uh, Correa is playing shortstop. Both guys have had some injury issues. You want some room for Brooks Lee. Julian's in that mix at second base. I might consider even having him train at first base. Is there room for Polanco to play every day without having to block like Brooks Lee, who might be ready to rock and roll in May? Or could you get something of value 
for a guy that can't stay healthy in a weak second base free agent market? I'm saying like via trade, yeah. obviously. Yes. Could you get someone to overpay a little bit who's desperate? So I pick up, again, I pick up the option. And explore. And then I have a bunch of conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't pick up this option. I, I I really think we're just making assumptions that when you're picking up these options, you can trade it and get the value when I can just take the $20 million and spend that how I want to spend it. And that's kind of where I'm at with both these players and Kepler and Polanco. Um, when Polanco's been on the field, he's been really damn good. And then those two seasons that he's played in at least 150 games, the 2019 season where he was an all-star, 2021 all, uh, season where he was borderline all-star, talking about a five-war player, like he's a, he's a really good player when he's been able to stay healthy. But with the log jam that's in the infield, like I'd rather Edward Julian start getting mad defensive reps at second base, and you have an answer there, and then you have Brooks Lee who's knocking on the door. Diamond, you can find the Donovan and the Solanos of the world that are also going to come for cheaper, whether you bring him back or find the equivalent of him. I'd rather just say goodbye at this point and use that money to spend elsewhere. But here's the thing. You might not have that money to spend elsewhere. That's what we don't know. And that's what Derek Falvey said at his press conference a couple days ago, too, which is we haven't had that. I mean, yeah, he goes, yeah, I mean, like we're losing a 55. I don't think he said 55, but like it's been widely reported that Bally's was paying the twins $55 million a year or Sinclair, I guess. Bally's is the brand. So if you this is my worry, if you let those guys go, A, are you even going to have the $20 million to spend? And B, if you do, are you going to get a player or two players as good as Kepler was in the second half and as good as Polanco is when he's healthy? Those are my two biggest questions. Just letting assets walk for nothing and not picking up their team options without exploring a trade of some kind. Or maybe there's a trade where you eat some of the salary and you get something of value that's going to be here longer than the one year that those guys are under contract. I just don't, I don't like the idea of letting assets walk out the door for nothing. Well, plus you'd also get so if you picked up the option on both of these guys, the worst case scenario is a team that wants to trade for them lowballs you. Okay, you still get something back. Like, if these were options that you couldn't trade, then I'm with Dex. I'm like, okay, yeah, no. But th- these are two, in baseball terms now, relative bargains. Especially so, Polanco. Yeah. Because so, of the... But I mean, the- Lack of second. The base worst option. case now is a team says, um, if you know, if the Twins refuse to, let's say, pick up uh, two to three million dollars, they say we're going to give you a low level prospect, a pitching prospect or something. Okay, it's something. It, it's a return. Also, if you decline the options, my guess is there's no compensatory. No, because you're buying coming them back out. to you. Yes, yeah, so you are yeah, which, deciding to, to. You're to declining cut. the ten, but you're paying them like one point five million. To, you're you're basically cutting them though. Yep. If that's the case. All right. So Declan has said goodbye to both Max Kepler and Polanco with no compensation in return. And but that's a, that's the other thing too is like we're assuming the best case scenario yeah. with oh Brooks Lee's going to step in yeah. and be a player. Well, might, dude, Brooks Lee might not be a major league well, like a good major league player until two thousand twenty five. We don't know. So that's another thing. And we also don't know if Edward Julian can be an everyday, like, good defensive second baseman that you don't have that DH fallback for. Yep. So. yep. Okay. Sonny Gray. You could offer him qualifying offers like $20 million. I believe it was like 19 and a half last year. Call it 20. Which you'll do. Yep. This year. Yep. So, uh, do you, so do you QO him or do you look to sign him to like some sort of multi-year Probably he, we're probably looking at north of twenty million dollars a year for Sonny Gray in free agency. 
Go ahead, Dex. Uh, yes, I bring him back. I take this money that I saved with Kepler and Polanco, and I use it towards bringing back Sonny Gray. Um, I'd much rather have, if you told me, gun to the head, you only get one of these three guys for next season. I want Sonny Gray of those next three guys. So I'm going to pull together that money as best I can, offer him, yeah, probably a three-year deal that's looking at probably north of 20 AAV for those three years. Um, but I want Sonny Gray back in this rotation. He's been a very good pitcher for them. And I'd rather have him than Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco going forward, especially with pitching being the most utmost important thing it seems to be um, in baseball today. So I want Sonny Gray back. So, yes, I bring him back. Ideally, I like what Dex said. Unfortunately, um, I don't think it's going to go down like that. I think he is going to, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that he's going to have the ability to actually test this process. And he's Mm -hmm. going to get paid. So I don't think he's going to sign here. Certainly not until... Uh, free agency opens. And so if I'm the twins, he he sort of got me. Uh, I QO him. I think he then leaves. So, so do do I make an offer? Absolutely. I do. I make a multi-year offer. Do I think he takes it? Like if we're the twins right now and we're sitting down to discuss this, I think he absolutely does not. Um, I think that there are probably teams and situations judging from his comments the last couple of years, that he would prefer to play for. So I QO him. I think I end up with a compensatory pick, unfortunately. I, man, he had such a good season. This was, by many different measurements, the best season of his career. And he was he was durable, too. He made 32 starts. It's the most starts he's made in any season since 2014 with Oakland. Absolutely. Everything about him was bulldog. Yep. He was just a great number two starter, sometimes a number one starter for this team. But he turns 34 years old on November 7th. So in less than a month, he turns 34 years old. The, the two seasons prior to 2023, he only gave you 135 innings in 26 starts and 119 innings in 24 starts. He had to, he had to miss like, a month or two months of time. I don't know if I trust him to repeat this season. And I, and this is again, where it's like, you got to be careful with where you spend $20 million chunks. If you even have that to spend, if you're the twins, do I want to place that bet on a guy coming off a career season going into age 34? I think I would look to probably fade that qualifying offer, get the draft pick compensation and live to spread that money somewhere else too. Now it leaves you with a huge hole in your rotation because right. he was literally one of your two trustworthy starting pitchers for the whole year. And so you're going to need a Joe Ryan to step up and be more consistent and healthy or Chris Paddock to be fully healthy and step in or find some other pitcher that, you know, whether it's via trade or this is where like, are you able to find a good number three starter in a trade involving Jorge Polanco? Like there's a lot of moving pieces here. That could that could potentially cover up for Sonny Gray, but I would probably lean toward qualifying offer and saying thanks for for a couple good years to Sonny Gray. I don't think he, he was uh, going through the clubhouse basically h- hugging and tearing up with guys after the Astros series if he's not gone. And so I just think my guess is he's a braver Cardinal. Yeah, that's my guess. Okay, I'm going to give you uh, six more names here. These are six free agents. You tell me which ones are you putting a star next to? Like, yep, we're going to be on the phone with that guy's agent. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll just give you all six. You write them down. Tell me which ones. Michael A. Taylor, 
Emilio Pagan, Kenta Maeda, Donnie Barrels, Joey Gallo, Tyler Malley. Hold on, I'm putting a, I'm crossing out Gallo right now. I'm going to pretend you didn't <laughs> say his name. Um, the top of my list, Michael A. Taylor. He can still play, man. Yeah, he can still. You play. You know what? This is part of the reason why you were able to do what you did, which in the second half was have success, was because you were prepared. You were prepared for Buxton not to play. You went out and found a guy that that could play defensively at the plate. He's not great, but he ran into pitches, and when he did, he hit some home runs. So I'm putting a star by him for sure, and um, I guess if I had a second star, it would be by Pagan, but it's going to have to be at a very reasonable rate because I can find guys like Pagan. That's it for me. Okay. Uh, Yes, I'd bring back Michael A. Taylor. I'm good with that. I'd bring back Emilio Pagan. I know that's even crazy to say from back in June, but he was he was fine. He was really good in the second half of the season last year, especially when he was used in the right situations. So I can bring back Emilio Pagan. I love Donovan Solano. I thought he was he was a fun at bat to watch, and and he honestly fulfilled his role and then some, uh, just from his preseason expectations. But I can I can find a Donnie Solano on on the open market. That's easy, in my opinion, to replace. I mean, do you bring back Nick Gordon too? Like, it just that's an easy I think piece to just have that's easily replaceable. Um, so I would say Taylor and Pagan are probably my locks. And you know, like if they still believe in Tyler Malley and they want to see that through, do they want to bring him back? Do they, after Tommy John surgery in May, they had Chris Paddock had Tommy John surgery and was able to come back and look still pretty strong, uh, at the end of the season this year, is it worth bringing back Malley as a flyer? I wouldn't be like dependent on it, but I wouldn't be shocked at all because they gave up so much to get him that they still bring him back to try to milk everything out that they lost in that trade. Yeah, I think, uh, so I, I don't bring back Pagan. I know he had the best season, you know, as a twin, but I can't trust him in high leverage and men on base situations. And he's in his mid thirties, he like 33. Like he's not young. You can find guys again. Like I, I need to, yeah. And I'm not paying what is it? I think he was making three and a half. Like I'm not paying three, four, $5 million for Pagan. So I'm out on Pagan. I'm in on Michael A. Taylor. I'm in on Tyler Malley as like, hey, man, you need one year to reset your market. Let's pay you $5 million or whatever that is. You can finish out your rehab, and then you can maybe be our number five starter in May or something. Like I wouldn't, When do you that expect it be. back, by the way? Well, it's, it's usually a, a 10 to 15 month. It's, it just depends. Tricky, it's yeah. like a 10 to 15 month window, usually yep. 12, 13. Yep. I mean, Paddock was 15. But they also had no reason to rush Paddock back in July, August. They were they, their their goal with Paddock was let's get you back in September. You know, we're, there's 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 no rush on this thing. We're going to win the division. So okay, now let's go to the roster here. So we don't know who the free agent signing is going to be. We don't know what the trades are going to be. So all we can do is kind of start filling out the roster with the guys that we know and maybe speculate on some of the like the free agents coming back. So. What does the current 2024 26-man roster likely look like? Presented by our friends at Ugly Deck and UglyDeck.com, Judd. That's right. Exactly right, Phil. And look at that deck right there. And then the transformation. You know why that that took place? Because my friends at Ugly Deck, UglyDeck.com, can make your deck look great. And right now they're offering what they're calling a Reserve My Deck Package Now special 
for the DIYer who wants to build a deck in the spring and save huge. Now, this is only for a limited number of customers who reserve their deck package. Now, UglyDeck.com, offering up to $1,000 off a full deck package, plus locked in 2023 pricing. UglyDeck.com will then deliver your deck package to your driveway by May 1st of next year, and you will be the smartest DIYer on your block. You're going to save as much as, get this, $10,000 on your deck build. Remember, with Ugly Deck, you get free plans, a free coach, access to their online deck build academy, and they will install your footings and ledger. You do the rest and save. So go to UglyDeck.com today. Click on the Reserve My Deck Package Now button, UglyDeck.com. And our friends at Hire A Pro have jumped in for this October stretch of Score North Twin Shows, and we appreciate them for that. So uh, let's say you suffered some hail damage, and you now have an approved roof replacement, an approved claim, okay? There's like three or four different big hailstorms. Hire a Pro is going to help you earn a profit on that hail claim. Roofers hate these guys because they show you everything a roofer can't, the expenses and profit of the job. This is the most transparent process in the industry. You get the same quality materials and same manufacturer-backed warranty by a licensed and insured crew, but you get a chance to make some money on it. So if insurance has approved your roof replacement, give Hire a Pro a call at 651-402-3400. That's 651-402-3400. Or go to Hire a Pro, HireA.Pro, I should say, HireA.Pro. Pro. Okay. So the catchers, two catchers, right? Jeffers and Vasquez are going to be back. Would you look, you looked at maybe I think Vasquez might that get, kid in triple A. I think Vasquez might get moved. He didn't, play a, he didn't play a playoff game. Like he, he didn't sign. I don't think he signed here to be that big of a backup. Do you? No, he didn't sit. To, he didn't sign to sit in all the playoff games, but he's going to, I mean, they're going to get like 60, 40, you sure. know, game share probably in 2024. But yes. So there, there might For be a right. in there. But right now it's Jeffers and Vasquez. Yep. I think they're going to take six infielders, five outfielders, and have uh, 13. Mm. You tell me if I'm wrong on this, but 13 position players and 13 pitchers probably just for the framework of this exercise. Sure. So the infielders I have down are Royce Lewis at third, Carlos Correa at short, Declan was outvoted by Judd and I in terms of the option on Jorge Polanco. So as of right now, Polanco is also in the infield with Edward Julian, Alex Kirloff coming off of major shoulder surgery. Yep. And then Kyle Farmer as a utility guy still under contract. So those, those would be your six infielders. We could discuss going forward, trading Polanco for something else. Does Brooks Lee make the opening day roster? Is Kirloff ready to rock and roll and healthy as the starting first baseman? So there's a lot of questions there, but that's kind of the six that we have right now. I'll throw an idea out at first base that I think they might consider. Jose Miranda might get a look in spring training there. Like he, he went, he's such a such a dud this year. Yeah, but I mean, he got hurt. He he what d- didn't play in the World Baseball Classic? I think it was a, a shoulder problem. It turned out he said it, it bugged him all year until he finally got. Shut down. I think he's far more probably a first baseman than a third baseman. And so I wonder if he'll at least get a look-see there because he can hit. Like, like if he comes back and can hit, he does profile as a guy who definitely um, offensively could be a productive first baseman. So I'm going to throw his hat in the ring as just at least a potential. 
I mean, if Kirloff is healthy and Kirloff is ready to go, yep. he is easily your best option there because he's going to be one of your better hitters. I know, you know I think yep. a lot of people, oh, yeah. including us, kind of soured on him toward the end of the year, that play at first base. But the guy was apparently dealing with some major shoulder discomfort. And so if he if he fixes that, mm-hmm. to me, there's not even a discussion between Kirloff and Miranda. Miranda would have to work his way back like he's been trying to do. Yes. You know, through the minor league system. So, yep. So there's some leeway there. Maybe maybe Polanco gone, Brooks Lee in, Austin Martin can play some second base, which brings us to the outfield. So right now, again, we have Max Kepler exercising the option for now. Maybe there's a trade. Mm-hmm. Matt Walner. We've got five outfielders here. Willie Castro is under contract as kind of a roving utility guy. Byron Buxton is under contract. That's four of the five. Mm-hmm. And then sounds like we're going to try and bring Michael A. Taylor back. But then Austin Martin had a big second half, and he can play some center. He can play some second base. So you basically have, in the five slots, Walner, Kepler, unless he's traded, Buxton, Castro, and then an open center field question mark with Michael A. Taylor as a free agent. Would that be Martin? He's in the mix. In their world? I, I think that he's, there's... He's an option. I think when you look at what the, what the Twins are up against... Um, I think there's a lot better chance that Austin Martin gets a look in uh, a long look in center as opposed to second base. Uh, now, now they claim they claim that the procedure Buxton underwent the arthroscopic surgery on Friday is an attempt to get him back in the outfield, but that's uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, like I'm not buying into that what appears to potentially be a pipe dream until I actually see him physically at the start of a game, regular season probably, playing out there. Austin Martin, last year, 10 starts in center field with St. Paul, 11, uh, 12 starts in left field. Okay. So 22 starts between the two spots, 10 in center. Yeah, I mean, he'll Swing he'll get a look. I mean, you can make it. I don't think they'd move on from Willie Castro, but you can make a case he's the Willie Castro replacement if they wanted to move on from Willie Castro. It's a similar mm-hmm. person, too. Yeah, so th- that'll be an interesting thing to, to follow. I mean, Austin Martin, it's funny, we did that episode back in like June or maybe early July, whenever it was about his lack of power and how dude, like you can't be a major league hitter and just like never hit extra base hits. And then he hit like four home runs in a week and his, his power came on display a little bit more at the end of the season. He, he's still for the whole season, mostly at triple a. Yeah. He had the, the 59 games at triple a. He only, he played like eight games at uh rookie league and a ball. His overall slugging percentage was still only 398, which is not very good. But mm-hmm. second half, a little bit more pop, a couple more home runs. So they have to figure out what do they do with Buxton? What do they do with, do they bring back Michael A. Taylor? Do they trade Max Kepler? Some other guys to watch here that we haven't talked about much. Trevor Larnick, you know, former first-round pick. He's, he's still show, uh, shown some promise. Andrew Stevenson, Jordan Luplo were part of your September. I mean, Stevenson was on your postseason roster yeah. as a backup outfielder. And then uh, Nick Gordon, who we haven't really talked about much this year, obviously. Um, he's out of options. So you'd have to figure out you either DFA him or he is on your roster. They might not, though, because, my God, if he gets picked up, what what happens if, if he becomes a star for the Tigers? Yeah. So, okay, uh, pitching. Five starters, yep. eight bullpen guys. Right now, the starting rotation would be Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Chris Paddock, Bailey Ober, and a giant question mark. 
right? Mm-hmm. Josh Winder contending. I'm just throwing, I'm I'm not defending him. I'm just I was going through this exercise as well and trying to uh, well here, here's right a, now put the put the depth chart together. Matt Cantorino, yeah, former second round yeah. pick, big strikeout guy coming off hmm? Tommy John surgery. Would he potentially be ready to to take a spot? Like I I'd rather take a flyer on like a Matt Cantorino at some point early in 2024 than go to the bargain bin for the next Chris Archer or somebody, right? Assuming that they don't have the budget to bring in a 20 to $30 million arm. Are you saying you don't want another Dylan Bundy? I'm good on that. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, but don't you guys agree that like there's four spots yes. probably penciled in and they're looking yep. for a fifth starter either internally or via trade or free agency? Yes. I have to assume, yeah. Yes. Now, now, how comfortable with the assumption that Gray is probably gone with the list, at least the top four that you just went through, how comfortable are you with that that rotation right now as opposed to, you know, what what would you think would, would be ideal to re- replace Gray? Can Paddock do it, or are you trying to think, okay, th- this is where, where you potentially make a trade? Because the one thing that I will say is that, for the most part, I don't think this franchise, uh, with Falvey in charge, has gone out and made a splash starting pitching signing so far correct uh, trade signing but not signings yeah they tra- the trade for lopez and then then they signed into a contract i'm just trying to think like what's the biggest free agent pitching signing that they've had feels Maeda like it was a trade yeah it feels like it's slappies bundy archer guys they just yeah. brought in who who at one time might have been good but weren't good when they got here well i mean to to say that chris paddock is going to step in and just replace Sonny Gray, apples for apples, would be a foolish notion. Because Sonny Gray was a five and a half wins above replacement pitcher Agreed. per Fangraph's war. Yes, Chris Paddock in his career has been worth five and a half wins above replacement since entering the league in 2019. Now, some of that's because he's just been injured. Mm-hmm. But the other thing you have to worry about with Paddock is innings load. You know, in terms of major league innings, he's pitched five in the regular season. Now, he obviously pitched some rehab innings, but he did not pitch a lot of innings last year. 2022 pitched 22 and a third innings and then suffered the injury or re-aggravated and already partially torn UCL. Uh, the year before that, in 2021, only 108 innings, 59 in 2020 in the major, just major league innings here, and then 140 in 2019. So like, and there's not, he really doesn't have, the last time he pitched in the minors regularly was 2018. So we're not talking about a guy that's going to step in and pitch 150 innings, I don't think. I would be very surprised. Maybe, but he hasn't done that in a long time. So, yeah, it's the rotation is not as good and you're going to have to either make a trade for somebody or hope that you can hope that Joe Ryan gets a little bit better, that Chris Paddock is competent, that Bailey Ober gets better, that it's just like the entire water level is rising, but my guess is they look to leverage a Kepler or a Polanco in a trade for a good number 3 starter. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Cantorino comes in you know, at some point before the all-star break and gives you uh, a little bit of young juice. All right. All right. Okay, bullpen. Yep. Eight relievers. I think uh, Duran, Stewart, Jax, for sure. Like, those guys are under contract. They're pre-arbitration, arbitration guys. And they're all pre-arb, actually. Uh, Louis Varland in the bullpen. Now, some might say make him a starter. I don't know, man. Guy throws 99 out of the bullpen. 
He's lights out. I keep him in the bullpen. Yeah, I think he wants to start, but I, I what we saw is enticing. Yeah. Like, it's really enticing. And and if it doesn't work, goes back to starting. Yeah. But I, I think there's a chance that this guy has a real opportunity mm-hmm. to cash in from the bullpen. So, yes, I would be, I would, going into spring training, I would sit him down and say, if you're going to be a real success, not saying that you can't start, but I think that you have a real upside in the bullpen. So, I'm with you. Yeah, keep, keep him in the bullpen for sure. I'd. I know he probably wants to start. Every young kid wants to definitely be a starter over a reliever, but at this point, I think he's best served being a bullet out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two lefties. So Caleb Thielbar still under contract. He's getting pretty old now. Is he 35, 30, maybe 36, 37, somewhere there? And then I have Cody. You need two lefties. I have Cody Funderburk as the best of sort of the other lefties right now. Yep. He was excellent in the minor leagues all season 13 strikeouts per nine innings uh a a 2.36 earned run average and then in his 11 games in the big leagues in september a 0.75 era with 14 strikeouts per nine he had 19 strikeouts only five walks in 12 innings he's done enough to be 26 years old gonna be 27 i think he's your second lefty for now Mm -hmm. so that's six of the eight and that leaves two open bullpen spots some of the other guys that are at least on your 40-man roster are Jorge Alcala, Josh Winder, Cole Sands, Brent Hedrick is a lefty, uh, Giovanni Moran is a lefty, Jordan Balazovic, who was once a top prospect. What's his future? Probably, he's a reliever at this point. He's got to be a reliever. I think he's gone. <laughs> That's what I was going to do. That was my question. Like, is yeah, I is there a future there? Or Woods Richardson is on the 40-man. He's another, another question mark. But does he make a bullpen transition? Like some of these guys have yeah. been failed starters. Do they make a bullpen transition you know what and all I'd like of a sudden to see? revive their career? I would love to see them sign on the free agent market a left-hander who could be the lead southpaw out of the bullpen. Above Caleb, right? Yes, above Caleb. Funder, but, dude, Funderburk might well, actually be a better lefty next season if you yep. give him a chance than Caleb. Yep. I'm, I'm just saying if I'm sitting down right now – to decide 2024, that's one place where I would definitely, if I don't, if I don't think that Funderburk is that, that guy, and it doesn't mean that you can't use him, but if I don't think he's that clear cut guy, I would, I would love to get a southpaw out of the bullpen who has the potential because, of course, if you come in now, you've got to face three guys to also, to, I'm confident that guy can get right handers out as well in that appearance. So that would that would would be one place where I would probably be trying to upgrade a little bit. A lefty starter too. Yeah, that's be, true. Absolutely. You know, I don't know that it's totally necessary because you know right. they went as far as they did this year without really until Dallas Keuchel came along. He was their only lefty starter, right? <laughs> but it'd be nice if you got you got these other four righties. Do you have a lefty starter that could come in and and be effective? Right. So so right now we kind of have a number five starter question mark, two bullpen spot question marks the whole outfield situation with Michael A. Taylor being a free agent and Byron Buxton being a question and then potential holes. If you trade Jorge Polanco and Max Kepler. So you got got like a handful of things you need to be pushing for here as free agency opens up after the world series. I also would not be adverse to um, toying with the idea 
just as a mad scientist sort of thing of having Buxton come back because the knee, the knee's never going to be the same mm-hmm. with Michael A. Taylor in center and Buxton in a corner outfield position. If he can play the outfield. I kind of love that idea. Cause it's it going to, it, it helps solve your lack of a right-handed corner bat too. But again, he has to play. Right. But if here's he what I'm thinking. Center, he can't play right field. So, you know? so here's what, so I think the problem in 2022 or three was the fact that he literally couldn't stand that long. Like, like it hurt him to stand. So it was not trying to chase balls. It was just the literal action of standing on his feet. So yeah. if, if this, and again, all this is a huge if, if this surgery takes care of that. So, so like, let's say he, it doesn't hurt to stand now and he can do that. I don't know that I still want to ask a guy who clearly has a chronically bad knee to chase everything in center that he, he would have to. And by the way, Taylor showed his ability. There's nothing wrong there. He's really good out there. So if Buxton can just stand out there and play, and we know as a defender he's very good, it, in, it intrigues me having two guys where nothing would fall probably. Dude, that's, that has been a big part of twin success for 30 years. When in 1991, Shane Mack was a center fielder who was playing in a corner spot, right? And the Kirby Puckett was the center fielder. Right. Dan Gladden was a corner outfielder. Like they had outfield range. Early 2000s twins at one point had three center fielders. You had, in I think it was 2003 or four, they made the Shannon Stewart trade. So you had Shannon Stewart in left, Torrey Hunter in center, and Jock Jones playing in right field. And then some of those twins from like the first year at Target Field, Bam. you had or the end of the Metrodome era, you had Span playing right field yep. with Carlos Gomez in center field. Yep. So if if there was a world where somebody else, and now you know Buxton's going to be 30, like it's around the age where, like Torrey Hunter, you start thinking about moving him to right field with the Angels, right? You start thinking about moving Puckett to a different position mm-hmm. once they get to 30 and they got knee problems. But if you're talking about an actual good center fielder, Michael A. Taylor, whoever it is, and then Buxton playing in a corner for even 100 games and the playoffs, Woof. That's think about like that instead of Walner trying to track down a flare. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. By the uh the line somewhere. So it's an interesting notion. I like the speculation. Right. So yeah, let us know in the YouTube comment sections. Let us know what you guys think about the current roster and some of these questions. Uh and w- boys, we do have time here because part of this is we've been trying to see if the uh, we're going to probably reschedule with Booney, so we have time to do an Immaculate Grid here, just so you guys know. Nice. Our Trenches episode won't be fully prepared yet to record. So <laughs> um, if you guys are down for a little Immaculate Grid challenge on this Monday, presented by our friends at Livia, helping Score North listeners lose weight over the past couple of years, Judd. So true. And look, um, there, there is an offer on the table right now, and that's me. A couple of years ago now, I dropped 40 pounds thanks to a program that I'm going to tell you right now, this program works. Uh, but the offer on the table is incredible because through October 21st, so it's been extended instead of three months free, you are going to get six months free. Livia Weight Control Centers, it works. And I just said you are going to get six months free. Imagine the amount of weight that you can drop in that, that time. So we all procrastinate. And I've been talking about this program for a long time. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change, but it l- allows you to live your life and Imagine the weight that you could take off in six months, six months for free, an incredible offer that's on the table right now, again, through October 21st. So it's going to be short, uh, short 
lived here. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Take advantage of your opportunity to drop those unwanted pounds. All right, boys. Let's uh, let's actually put six minutes on the clock because old Macadag did just get a little preparation here for trenches. So we'll oh nice. We'll talk off mic about our schedule here, but uh, let's do let's do six minutes an abbreviated back to our abbreviated immaculate grid here. <laughs> Judd's gonna love this one. Oh yeah, this is heritage franchises all over the place here. We're looking for a Red Sox who was a Dodger, a Red Sox who was a Brave, and a Red Sox who was an A. A tiger who was a Dodger, a tiger who was a Brave, and a tiger who was an A. And then a cub who was a Dodger, a cub who was a Brave, and a cub who was an A. Six minutes on the clock. Here we go. Oh, this is a great uh, one. I see Sam Fold for cub who was an A. That's a former twin right yep. there. Yep, good call. Super Sam Fold. A lot of twins options here. Can we do it with all twins, do you think? Danny Valencia What's... for A's Red Sox. Let's go, dude. Love it. Can we go Nick? Yeah, let's do this one first. All right. 0.07. 0.07. Oh, There's Punto potential here, right? Punto. Yeah, where's the Punto? Was he Dodger Red Sox? He was He was uh, Red, Red Sox, Sox for Dodger. Sure. Yep. Yeah. 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 Was he both those things? Mm-hmm. He was a good grid guy by the end of his career. Download these uh, spell things. Trying one. to multitask here. Okay. 1%. What? Ooh. Who are these people? Punto's a household name, baby. Yeah, Red um, Sox. Braves and Red Sox. Any former twins that were... Did Bartolo Colon play for the Red Sox? No, I don't think he did. He didn't? Uh, he was... I don't think so. I don't so. think he was ever a Red Sox. He was a lot of guys, lots of teams, but I don't remember him as a Red Sox. Oh, um, if... Oh, Henry Blanco for Braves Cub. Okay. Yep. And yep, 100%. And yep. Ron Coomer for Dodger Cub. Yes. God, yes. Okay, I'm back in case. Waco is point 0.3. I'm back in case. You said Coomer for I had to download these. Dodger. Files. No, no, I know. <laughs> Dodger Cub. Ron Coomer. Dodger. He came Cub. from the Dodgers to the Twins. Coomer. And then went on to play for the Cubs. He played for the for, Dodgers. Uh, yes, before he played. he That that was the uh, trade. Okay. Hey, for, <laughs> a, for A, who was a Tiger? Dude, point 0.1. Nice job. Oh, uh, remember in Moneyball... Carlos Pena, that first baseman. Yeah. Carlos uh, Pena was a Tiger and an A. I traded him. Fernando Rodney would work, too. Mm-hmm. What do you think's the lowest one? Pena. That I don't Rodney. know. They're I mean, both pretty low. They're both probably very low. I, I think Rodney, because Pena was like a known power hitter, and Rodney, although a, a yeah. good reliever, is more like no one really remembers relievers, I, I feel like. Let's try it. All right. Nice. Four. Four percent. I don't know what right. it would be. Hmm. Um, Braves and Red Sox. Did, and did, did John Smoltz end up with the Red Sox? He did, actually. Yeah. That's probably going to be a high it's one. It's going to be high, but that's a good one to have. Um, did uh, Where else did Terry Pendleton play besides Braves and Cardinals? He didn't play for... I don't remember know, where he bounced to. I think you're right. I think he bounced around at the end, but I don't know if he ever went to, like, the Tigers or the Red Sox. Yeah. Kirk Gibson will, will be high for Dodgers-Tigers. Um, any pitchers? Oh, I think, uh, any uh, twins? Justin, Justin Upton, 
I believe it would work for Brave and Tiger. Yep. That's a good one. It might be high, but... It'll probably be like 10%. 8 percent 14 14%. 14%. That's okay. All right. Then let's do... Let's do... Well, we, I mean, our, we're not going to get, uh, you know, a record rarity score. We do have two minutes left here. Okay. <sighs> Who else played for the... Braves and Red Sox. It's got to be a lot. God, Braves oh, and Sox. It does uh, feel like there's this will be extremely there. high. I don't really want to use it, but Craig Kimbrell. Oh, yeah, That'll that, be high. That's that is super high. That'll super be super high. high. I'm yeah. trying to think like it, old school too here. like Right, like the 70s and 80s. Um, How far back do we get on that Braves franchise? Is that go, it just goes back to like the 50s? Probably no, Milwaukee. it goes back to Boston. Yeah, it goes, it back. goes back literally to the 1800s. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. Babe so, Ruth. Babe Ruth. Let's use Babe Ruth. <laughs> he ended his career with the Braves. Yeah, he did. Nine. Nine percent. Nine. Oh, those kids today. <laughs> All right, a Tiger and a Dodger. That's, uh, those are, this is tough. Uh, Gibson. Well, Scherzer. Didn't Scherzer pitch yep. for the Dodgers? That would yep. be high. Kirk Gibson played for Kirk both Gibson. teams. Um, it doesn't really matter if it's high now, though. I mean, we've got yeah, we should fourteen and and nine percent. Let's give Phil a chance to give. Okay, <laughs> Kirk Gibson. <laughs> yep, I mean, gotta, right. cut some, gotta cut some film here, boys. Yep, some oh, stuff. Twenty-one. Kirk Gibson. Right. Fifty. That's a fifty-two. That's a pretty good rarity score, boys. Not bad. All right, pretty good. Boom. Hey, can you? Uh, can you guys, audience, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple? That helps us grow the, the hashtag brand here on the Scorn Our Twin Show. And let us know what other topics you want us to talk about as we emerge into Twin Show offseason. We're super pumped to keep the show rocking multiple days a week. Thank you for hanging out with us here. Scorn Earth Twin Show on the Scorn Earth YouTube channel, Apple, Spotify, and the Scorn Earth app.